details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public, no more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Some people are just too stubborn to know when to quit. And this guy just happens to be one of them. He's been beaten down repeatedly by God's practical jokes. He's been banished to the deepest, darkest corners of the internet. From somewhere in desert Urbania, this is Michael Groff in Exile. Here we go again. Another edition of Michael Graf in Exile. This is, what, our fifth podcast in this generation of the show. It is Tuesday, December 29th, 2009. Broadcasting to you from this America's fifth largest city, Phoenix, Arizona. It is the podcast that could be heard literally by... Fives of people. So, uh, yeah, it's it's the show that we really don't have any specific direction. We just sort of see where it goes. And, uh, well, I, I stick with it. I have to admit, that so far, I've been committed through five shows. I know. I, I'm surprised I've uh, made it last this long. But we haven't gotten... Um, we're, we're trying to get it to take off. That's what we're doing here. We're trying to get this thing to go viral. Spread around the internet. Lots of stuff to get into on the, uh, on the show this evening. So, plenty of stuff happening around the world. Oh, God. So, let me get this straight. Once again, let's see if I have this right. A guy tried to blow up a plane. So, now... We're going to roll out the electric scanners. We're going to roll out the molestation at airports. I'm just making sure we got this right because now they're talking about introducing electric scanners everywhere so that they can detect uh, explosives on clothes. It really is going to take like seven hours to get through security at an airport. This is great. Boy, am I glad we went through all this. So that's coming up. Certainly going to talk about that. Some of the uh, new security measures that we all have to look forward to. Oh, I'm excited. Can't wait to take a plane. 
Oh my God. Let's see here. We also have some news on how, uh, you know, the stimulus, all that money that we had for the stimulus to get this economy going again, that's really worked out well, hasn't it, by the way, that stimulus? Nobody holds uh, the president's feet to the fire on that, though. It's good. It's good. But, uh, well, I'm about to. Here's just uh, another example of how that stimulus money is being spent. Apparently, one city is using the stimulus money to build new tennis courts. <laughs> I mean, really? Wow. And the worst part is they're actually outsourcing the jobs out of that particular state to do it. Um, let's see. Cell phones are very susceptible to hackers. They're very susceptible. They apparently have found the secret code so that now they can eavesdrop on any conversation they want. Well, go ahead. Knock yourself out. I'm sure my conversations are way too interesting to listen to. They're going to unveil that. Uh, there's, a big, um, there's a big conference going on in uh, Berlin. And they say that they have the... The secret code for um, more than 3 billion cell phones so that they can listen in on a wide variety, just any number of uh, conversations. Also, you know, I'm really bad about this. I, I did this again last night. I teased something that we were going to talk about, and then we never wound up talking about it. And uh, this that kind of annoys me when I hear other radio shows do that, and I did it again last night. You know, I've become... Unfortunately, I've kind of become well-known for doing that. I, I tease things and then I forget about it. Well, look, I have all these things. It's a very stream of consciousness kind of show. It's not something I, I generally go back and go through with a fine-tooth comb and edit down and, and try and make it all smoothed out because I don't have 22 hours to sit here and edit together a podcast. Well, actually, I guess technically I do. But at the same time, uh, yeah, what am I going to do? Uh, hang out with my girlfriend? Ha, 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 ha. All right, anyway, um, no, I, 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 so I did forget to get to this, but I, let me do it right now. Let me, um, let me get you this. This was a, a thing that I was looking at yesterday. This was just a little piece of trivial stuff, but still, I did tease it, so I wanted to get to it. The most religious state in the union. What do you think is the most religious state in the union? The people that identify themselves as the most religious based on, um, well, based on several factors, uh, the amount of uh, how many, uh, how often they go to church. Um, actually, here are the factors that they considered. Let me see what I, if I if I got this right here. Um, they considered uh, worship attendance, frequency of prayer, and belief in God. So, if you factor all of those together, they came up with a list of the most religious states in the union. All right. Well, the most religious state is, this is not a surprise at all, is it? Mississippi chimes, Mississippi chimes in at number one. And then uh, Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana, Tennessee, South Carolina, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Georgia, and Kentucky. Those are your top 10 uh, religious states. And then at the bottom, the bottom few. Now, a few states were tied, so... But uh, the bottom uh, several here, we had New Hampshire and Vermont were tied for 46th. 
tied at the bottom. Alaska, Massachusetts, Maine, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. Those are your, uh, that's sort of like the bottom positions on this list. Also uh, no, near the bottom, we had uh, Colorado, Oregon, New York, Montana, and Wyoming. So those are the, those are the, uh, the states that were the most and then the least religious respectively. Again, based on the belief in God, the um, uh, number of prayers and uh, the amount of times uh, attending church or services of some type. So there you go. That was a little something I wanted to tease from last night. Alabama, the most religious, or Mississippi, followed by Alabama, the most religious states in the country. Not really a surprise. Not really that big a shock. All right. Um, I have to get to this tonight, too. Uh, imagine, imagine, find, oh, this is just disgusting. There's even a picture that accompanies this story, and it's just, it's horrifying. It's gross. Um, there's a guy that, uh, he, he got more than he bargained for more than the dollar nine that he paid for this particular product at a Walmart. This is gross. Uh, he bought a, um, he bought an item at Walmart and, uh, when he got home, he discovered that, well, he got a lot more than he bargained for. That's just how we'll tease that. We'll get into that on the program tonight as well. Oh, look, look at this. Iran is building, well, they're, they're seeking uranium. No, I don't think they're up to anything underhanded at all over there. You know, we've only been talking about this on the show. When I go back to the archives, I've only been talking about this on the show for like seven or eight years now. Iran planning, plotting some type of, uh, they're, they're building some type of nuke. Uh, we know that they, they say that they're using it for power. And sure, they might be trying to uh, get nuclear power going in their country as well. But there's no doubt at all that they're building centrifuges. There's no doubt at all that they're, that they're uh, getting some missile technology from some of their pals and that they're planning to build some type of missile so that they can uh, attach a uh, potential nuclear warhead on that. They're going to try and build a nuclear device. There's no question about it. Everybody knows it. It's it's the worst kept secret that's been going on. And yet, for some reason, we continue to capitulate to this. We continue to allow this to happen. How come we haven't sent in the spec ops teams yet and completely sabotaged or just outright destroyed their nuclear capabilities? That's the question I have. I mean, when are we going to do that? When are we going to go in and just sabotage? When are we going to blow up Iran's nuclear capabilities so that they don't, um, you know, one day just decide... Hey, Bardo, hey, just so you know, we've got the bomb shot. We're going to blow everything up. Because that's just what they do. Nice. All right, well, you know, listen, that's fine. They're, they're seeking uranium. And listen, the president, he, he doesn't seem to be altogether too concerned. And most of the world doesn't seem to be all too concerned. So why should I be? I mean, Israel's kind of sitting here going, hey, you know, guys, uh, just so you know, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're kind of neighbors and everything with these nuts, and uh, they hate us, and they want to see us burn in a sea of fire, but, you know, hey, you guys continue to ignore it. That's, that's, just, that's just super. All right, so that's just uh, some of the many things that we want to get into um, on the show tonight. Again, when I sit down and, and I think about doing these shows every day, and I, I always have a different time, I've got to get into sort of a rhythm with uh, doing this show, too, because I record it at different times of the day. Like tonight, as I'm sitting here doing this show, this is actually the normal time I would be doing the show live anyway on our old calendar. So I'm, I'm literally, I'm sitting here, 
and I'm looking at the clock and it's basically lined up almost identically with how I would have been doing the show anyway, which means I really should just be sitting here and broadcasting it out over the air live rather than just sitting here and talking into a mic and, and watching uh, my audio waves uh, bounce around on a um, on Adobe Audition here. But I don't know. I, I, I've got to get into a rhythm of doing this and I've got to get into a habit. But I did say I would try and provide, I would try and do a podcast, even on Mondays. Yes, I'm, I'm doing shows basically every day. Um, I don't know if I'll be doing a show New Year's Day. Listen, that's going to be tough. I might be out partying all New Year's Eve. Oh, wait, no, probably I won't be. You know, that's so depressing, too. I can't imagine, you know, this, I, this just goes back to the whole being alone thing. I mean, this is the first time in... 12 years that I've uh, not been in a relationship. I've not been um, with anybody. And, you know, it really sucks. And this time of the year, it especially sucks. And, you know, New Year's Eve, I don't even know what I'm doing. I, my friends are probably doing something. And I'm sure, listen, you know, I, I, I honestly, as much as I enjoy getting drunk once in a while, or not even getting drunk, but having a few beers, you know, after a while, even that's kind of getting old. I mean, I've been doing that a lot lately. I've been going out and not even getting drunk. Once again, it's just going out and having a couple of drinks at a bar someplace. And I have no problem doing that. I'm not against doing that at all. I mean, I, I went out and had a few drinks last night and it was great. And I, I love it. Okay. So don't, don't misunderstand me. But, you know, I, I, the New Year's thing, it's like, you kind of want to ring in the new year with with someone else, with someone special, you know. And and then you're going out to a to a bar with your friends, and then I don't know. I don't. And it's crowded, and there's like a million people. That's the other thing. I don't like being out in in the crowds on New Year's Eve. I don't like it. I don't feel safe. And the reason is just I don't like being outdoors when um, if you've never experience New Year's in a major city, especially in Phoenix, Arizona. Let me just clue you in on something. It sounds like to Crete outside at about midnight on New Year's, okay? It is it, it is like a war zone. It's like, yeah, it's like to Crete. It's like, uh, it's just outside the green zone. I mean, there is gunfire going off everywhere. And I mean, we're, to, we're not just talking small arms. We're talking full autos. We're, we're talking... Uh, rocket launchers. I mean, it's, it's crazy. There's a, there's a, a full out assault that goes on. If, uh, if anything is flying low over the Phoenix area at about midnight on, uh, on New Year's Eve, uh, best of luck to you because you might get shot down. Oh, I mean, it is, it's incredible. You, you can go outside and you can hear small arms or hell full auto fire, rocket launch, whatever you can hear anything you want to hear. Any, any kind of weapon that you think could possibly go off I'll tell you, one thing's for sure. Anybody that tries to take over this country, any military force that tries to take over this country, uh, they are going to run into a wall of, of resistance. And not just from the United States military, but from the people in this country. We are a heavily armed society, and we show it off on the 4th of July and on New Year's Eve, for sure. Like I said, it does. It sounds like you're right outside the green zone. You're you're somewhere in in Iraq or you're somewhere in Afghanistan. You're just outside of Kabul. I mean, it's just it's continuous gunfire. And you know, every once in a while, what 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 happens is is we have what is that? Megan's Law, Shannon's Law, something like that where um 
people fire the bullets arbitrarily into the sky. They come down, they strike somebody. And about 10 years ago, this uh, 14-year-old girl was on her cell phone having a conversation right after midnight, New Year's Day, and uh, a bullet fell out of the sky and struck her in the head and killed her. So now we have uh, pretty strict laws. You can be charged with, uh, what, second-degree murder or manslaughter or something like that if a bullet falls out of the sky and, uh, and hits somebody. Something to consider in the war zone that is the Phoenix metro area on New Year's. Anyway, that's why I just don't feel necessarily comfortable going out um, into those big crowds. And, you know, again, it's not just about that. It's, it's about, maybe it's about my agoraphobia. Maybe it's about the fact that I just don't like big crowds. I never have. It's the eyesight thing partially. I don't like to, the idea of getting lost. And, and I've always just been more of an intimate kind of small group kind of thing. I'm more into conversation than I am. I guess... I guess the bottom line is I'm kind of a curmudgeon. I'm sort of a 32-year-old man living in a 50-year-old sort of mentality. I'm 32 going on 50. And I'm cool. You know what? I'm fine with that. It's not that I'm against partying necessarily. It's I, I, Maybe I am. Maybe. I think I've just, just sort of been there, done that, and I just think it's... It gets kind of gratuitous going out into some, like down in there at the, uh, what is it? The Tostitos Fiesta Bowl block party down in Tempe. No, thanks. I can watch the giant chip go into the dip at midnight. I think that's what they do still, isn't it? All right. It's Michael Groff in exile. You want to get in touch with the show, Mike at KMGX.com, our email address. More of our contact information is available at MichaelGroff.com. And you can also subscribe to our podcast so you can get it regularly. As soon as I post it, it'll be up for you. All right. Quick break. We'll come back and get into a lot more stuff. It's Michael Groff in exile. Back after this. I gotta tell you with segment number two here on the Tuesday edition of Michael Groff in Exile. I play Xbox. December 29th, 2009 edition of this fine program. And apparently, um, you better, if you're planning on taking a flight uh, for uh, the upcoming weekend, better leave for the airport now. Yeah, I know it's only Tuesday, but... They have to get those uh, security screens in there. They got to make sure that they get ready to pat you down, to feel you up, to explore your cavities. Not just talking your teeth either. Well, they might look in there. They'll look everywhere now. Excuse me, sir. What's that? Oh, it's just a hemorrhoid. 
Is that preparation H, sir? That could be a chemical. Let me see. Put it on, put it on that、uh, hemorrhoid, sir. We got to make sure that that is what it is. Is that water, sir? Drink that. All right. Only 19 airports so far have received sophisticated imaging machines that can detect explosives hidden in clothing. Security experts say that、uh, scanners may be the best defense against stopping attacks, such as the attempt, the attempt to bomb a Detroit bound aircraft on Christmas Day. The Transportation Security Administration, the TSA, wants to install more of the devices known as whole body imaging scanners, but the agency has met resistance from civil liberties groups. Passengers and some members of Congress. But that doesn't matter because they're going to put that stuff in there regardless of whether or not we protested or not. It doesn't matter. All of these extra pieces of security and all these ridiculous rules that they have at airports, we've opposed them as passengers. And guess what? They put them in anyway. Congressmen have opposed them. And guess what? They get them put in anyway. Civil liberties folks, the ACLU, they're against it, but it gets put in anyway. They're going to do this regardless of what we want. Listen, let me tell you something. I just hope that, I hate to say this, but I kind of secretly hope the airline industry collapses as a result of this. I really do, because it'll just go to show that the people can only be jerked around so much and that you can only slap so many of these ridiculous security restrictions on people for so long before finally they just, it's enough already. It's just enough with the, with the pat downs and, and the scanning. Now they want to do these body scans. And God knows you could be exposed to all sorts of radiation. And if somebody, God forbid, has like a, a metal plate in them someplace, they're going to have to go through even more screening and more scrutiny and more questions and just more intrusion. And it just gets to be absurd. And I know some people are going to sit there and say, well, it's all for the good of security. It's all for the good of security. Well, don't you want to be safe when you're on the plane? You know, at some point, at some point, you just have to sit back and go, you know, if somebody really wants to blow up the plane that badly and they're going to go through all the, the, the hassle to get through security and they're going to do everything, you know what? Maybe it's my time to die then. I mean, really, is it so bad dying? Is death really that bad? I mean, because, you know, life has been so great. I don't know. I mean, come on. Honestly, let's be serious about this for a second. If a terrorist, if an organization like Al Qaeda really wants to blow up a target in the United States, or they really want to hijack a plane, or they really want to make a statement, do you think that all of these security measures are really going to matter? Well, we've proven that the answer is no. The Associated Press reported Monday that the guy that was responsible for the、uh, Christmas Day attempted bombing, that Abdul Muttalib, He did not pass through a whole body imaging scanner before boarding the Northwest flight in Amsterdam. European airports are using the imaging machines only in limited cases. Dallas based aviation security consultant Clive Miskin said that whole body scanners may be the best technology to prevent the terrorists from personally carrying explosives in their clothes. Apparently, this guy he carried the explosives in his underwear. 
And see, since they're not allowed to necessarily uh, feel up your junk and, and look inside your ass, um, this this is actually the next best thing. This can actually look in body cavities. This can look scan right through clothes and detect any kind of explosives, allegedly. But again, who knows what kind of what kind of radiation, what kind of exposure you're being put through. I mean, at some point, it's just enough already. I mean, it's bad enough. You can't even, I don't know. Well, the whole thing, the airport security, everything since 9-11, it's just gotten out of hand. You got TSA officials that they don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. Some of them are just power hungry. Some of them, and, and again, I would be fine with it if we were actually screening the people that we should be screening, you know, the Middle Eastern men between the ages of 16 and 40, you know, those people that we keep talking about. But no, it's everybody but. Now, I know we talked about this yesterday, but I thought I would let you know that this is the sort of the update for today. Expect the body imaging scanners to be hitting airports near you very soon and expect more long lines, more security delays, more intrusion more ridiculousness at airports everywhere. And boy, isn't that great news. Republicans are um, criticizing the president, by the way, as a result of all this. They are talking about this and they're saying that um, this is just more security flaws. This is, a, a, you know, the Democrats are weak on uh, national defense and while this did not happen in the United States, they say that it very well could because of our lax security here. You know, this has just gotten to a point of stupidity. Now, I'm all for criticizing the president for many things. But criticizing the president because some guy uh, from Yemen or some guy um, from wherever uh, took, he spent 8500 bucks to get on a plane. He was loaded up with explosives and he tried to blow it up. That's not the president's fault. That's not something to blame on the president. Now, if you want to say, yeah, I mean, listen, the president should be doing all sorts of things, but this has nothing to do with the president. This has to do with the TSA. This has to do with uh, the restrictions that the FAA says are okay. The TSA is cool with. Um, a, the Homeland Security is fine with. This didn't just start with Obama. This started a long time ago. Now, really, if you wanted hope and change, uh, what we could do is we could get rid of some of these ridiculous security measures. But we're never going to do that. We're just going to tighten them. You're not going to be allowed to have an iPod. You're not going to be allowed to have a cell phone. You're not going to be allowed to have a blanket on you in the last hour of the flight or go to the restroom in the last hour of the flight or any of the other ridiculous restrictions that are going to be put into play as a result of this. So incredibly frustrating so maddening really and you know what else is maddening and here's here's just more now if you want to blame obama for something if you want to get after the president if you want to get after the u.s government here's something that you should get after them for transitioning out of that story this is i told you this would happen this is exactly why government handouts are a bad idea. This is exactly why the stimulus package just isn't going to work. Here's yet another example of wasteful spending in the stimulus. Here it is. Look at this. The Bozeman, this is from Bozeman, Montana, of all places. Yeah, Bozeman. 
The Bozeman City Commission authorized spending $49,140 in federal stimulus money on Monday to install new tennis courts at Bogert Park. The new courts are likely to be ready in June, Parks and Cemetery Department Superintendent Tom White said. Parks and Cemetery. Really? Yeah, I think those would be separate. Anyway, the commission approved a contract with, what is this? Darmco Levine Construction in Minneapolis for the courts during a uh, noon meeting on Monday. The company will put in rubber-filled courts at the park located along South Church Avenue. Now, hold on a second. Wait. So, Bozeman, Montana is spending $49,140 in stimulus money to go and bring in somebody from Minneapolis to build tennis courts for them. So, not only are we wasting money on tennis courts, wasting stimulus money, federal stimulus money, your taxpayer dollars on tennis courts in Bozeman, Montana, of all places, but we're hiring people from out of the state of Montana to do it. That's beautiful. Outsourcing to a company out of state. Now, they say the reason they're doing that is because apparently nobody in Montana is capable of building a tennis court. I mean, literally, that's, that's what it says. The money spent on tennis courts is part of $621,000 in stimulus money that the city received through the Montana Reinvestment Act. The commission approved a $1.68 million contract with Williams Brother Construction in Spokane, Washington for construction of an administration and, uh, and laboratory building at the Westwater Treatment Plant. All right, now, water treatment plant. Now, that, okay, that might be okay for spending stimulus money on. I'm kind of okay with that. But building tennis courts? Yeah, not so much. The city got 14 bids for the work with WBC submitting the lowest bid. Construction of the building is part of a $54 million first phase to expand the treatment plant's capacity. All right, that's fine. Monday was also planning director Andy Apple's final meeting. Apple is uh, retiring after 22 years in the position. Assistant planning director uh, Chris, uh, let's see, Chris Saunders will serve as interim pl planning director with the city, blah, blah, blah. So, yes, uh, Bozeman, Montana getting quite an upgrade. That's good. Listen, and again, I don't, I don't mind building water treatment facilities are upgrading that. That's okay. But tennis courts, almost $50,000 in stimulus money. See, it makes you wonder. This is just another example. We, and we've chronicled many examples of the stimulus money being wasted on various other things. Uh, new furniture for uh, various federal buildings across the country. And very expensive furniture, I might add. They didn't just go and buy some couch over at the room store. No, they went to, they went to some really upscale place they probably went to Levitt's or something. They, no, they seriously, they went to some place that's a little bit more of an upscale store and they bought uh, some really nice furniture, apparently. That's your tax dollars, hard at work. Congratulations, guys. You know, this stimulus is really shown to be uh, working well, too, by the way. Look, I mean, look at, those, uh, look at those unemployment numbers. They're dropping, aren't they? Oh, no, 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 they're, they're not. They're not.
Um, well, what about what about the, the the market? I mean, that must be. I guess that's not doing too well. Dollar. Mm. Well, anyway, the stimulus has got to be helping somebody. We just don't know who yet. And when we figure out it, well, it's helping a contractor in Minneapolis to build some tennis courts for the people of Bozeman, Montana. So tennis enthusiasts all over greater Metro Bozeman are going to be able to enjoy their new tennis courts. Oh, boy. Isn't that great? <laughs> I had more serious news. Computer hackers this week said that they cracked and published the secret code that protects 80% of the world's cellular phones. The move will leave more than 3 billion people vulnerable to having their calls intercepted and could force mobile phone operators into a costly upgrade of their networks. Karsten Knoll, a German encryption expert, said that he had organized the hack to demonstrate the weaknesses of the, of the uh, security measures protecting the global system for mobile communication, the GSM, and to push mobile operators to improve their system. So this guy orchestrated a bunch of people to hack in. This geek, he sat up there and said, okay, well, what we're going to do here is we're going to hack into all of the cell phone networks across the, across the world. We're going to listen in on conversations. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be good. Let's hack into Jenna Jameson's cell phone first. Yeah, want to hear what she's talking about. Quote, This shows that existing GSM security is inadequate, Mr. Knowles said to an audience of about 600 people in the Chaos Community Congress in Berlin, a four-day conference of computer hackers. Wow, computer hackers have their own conference. Hey, couldn't we just send police over there and, and lock them all up? I mean, if they're hackers... Didn't this guy just admit to committing a crime, breaking in? I mean, it's like, hey, dude, thanks for showing us the exploit in our, in our network. Now you're going to jail for publishing it. Thanks a lot. And since you're all here, you're all culpable. Quote, we have given up hope that network operators will move to improve security on their own, but we are hoping that with this added information, there will be increased demand from customers for them to do this, he told the Financial Times. Again, he makes a good point, but still, uh, publishing these, uh, I mean, that's not very smart. Noel, a widely consulted uh, cryptography expert with a doctorate in computer engineering from the University of Virginia, waged a similar campaign this year, which caused the DECT forum, which is a standard group based in Bern, to upgrade the security algorithm for 600 million cordless home phones. Yeah, but the, the cordless phone, I mean, you remember when I was a kid, you know, you used to be able to use a, a standard radio. I had a ham radio too. You could use, I could use the ham radio and set it to the right frequency. And um, I could listen to cordless phone conversations all over the place. I mean, that wasn't even difficult technology. It's not as if that was ever encrypted or there was even any kind of scrambling going on. That was just a, that was a straight radio signal that was being sent out from, from base to phone and it could be intercepted by a simple radio or a, or a ham radio or a short wave radio, depending on what frequency it was. It wasn't, it wasn't like a really high frequency. I mean, now they had, then they went to like the 900 megahertz phones, then like the 2.6 gigahertz phones. They went, they kept going up, but 
And then they got a little bit smarter about it, but still you could use a standard radio for the longest time and listen to uh, people's uh, cordless phone conversation. I used to do that as a kid. Not even on purpose. I'd just be scanning through the radio dial and all of a sudden I'd hear some somebody that's relatively close by having a conversation. And most of the time it was boring stuff, but every once in a while you'd hear something about, man, last night was really tremendous. Oh, yeah. You know, you'd hear, <laughs> you'd hear some... Uh, some some kind of phone sex going on, and uh, you hear all sorts of um, you hear all sorts of uh, interesting things for sure. I I can tell you some of the interesting conversations. Some night I had to just go through some of those. I think I even recorded one once. It was pretty telling. Then you heard uh, every once in a while you'd hear some people uh, arranging a, a drug uh, pickup. You know, for a little marijuana. Yeah, man, you got the stuff. Yeah, bro, I tell you, look at all the stuff, dude. Who's going to, like, lighter tonight, bro? We're going to totally, uh, you know, I'm going to come by your pad, dude, and we're going to, like, smoke up, <laughs> you know, put on some warrant, some guns rest, dude. Man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be psychedelic, dude. <laughs> That's literally some of the conversations you'd hear. Well, I mean, I, I don't know what you expect. We, as a kid, I, I thought other people's conversations were interesting. I still do. I would still, if I had this code... I'd probably eavesdrop too. Why not? All right. It's Michael Groff in exile. We'll take a quick break. And we'll come back and uh, got a couple other things to get into, then put a little bow on another podcast, on another exciting program. It's, it's gone by so quickly. It really has. A uh, guy that shopped at Walmart got more than he bargained for out of a $1.09 can of ravioli. Or beefaroni, actually, in this case. We'll tell you about that coming up. And a whole lot more. It is Michael Groff in Exile coming back. of this Tuesday, December 29th, 2009 edition of Michael Groff in Exile. Mike at KMGX.com, our email address. That, by the way, is also the place you can go and, um, you know, send us money via PayPal. Again, Mike at KMGX.com is uh, 
We do accept donations if you want to keep this program thriving and keep me from living out of a cardboard box. It's pretty hard to do a podcast from, from a box, but... Just, I'm just throwing it out there. Just, just saying. So gratifying last night to see the the sad sack face of Kobe Bryant after the Lakers got stomped by the Suns. That was man, what a great game that was. It's too bad though because I was at a bar uh, watching the Vikings try to make a triumphant comeback against the Bears, only to fall short in overtime when Jay Cutler actually threw a ball that wasn't to an opposing player. I know he actually threw a touchdown pass when it mattered. And it's a completely meaningless game for the Bears. Like, you know, I mean, the Bears are happy. Bears fans are like, you know, we got that. That's a nice win there over the Vikings. Take that there, Viking fans. Take that and shove it right up your ace. Yeah, we're sitting here drinking our old style. Our Bears just whooped up on the Vikings there. One of the better teams in the NFC, huh? Well, we don't think so. Jay Kettler totally uh, demolished your team there. Yeah, meanwhile, guess who's going to the playoffs? And guess who's staying home? I mean, really, Bears fans. Jeff is a Bears fan, and, you know, I'm sure he's not one of those that's going to rub it in my face, probably, but if he does, I just say, hey, look, uh, Look over there. It's the scoreboard. Look at that. It's the standings. Guess who's going to the playoffs? Guess who's not? Just throwing it out there. I'm just mentioning it. It's because it is kind of germane to the conversation. All right. So... A guy got a little bit more than he bargained for when he went to a Walmart. And I know this guy walks into a Walmart. Many jokes could probably start out this way. Um, but this guy, he he did get a little bit more than he bargained for when he bought a $1.09 can of Chef Boyardee beefaroni. I can't remember the last time I had that. Mm. Larry says that he opened a can of Chef Boyardee um, only to find a horrible giant mold world growing inside. Now, here's the best part. When he contacted Walmart, a, uh, a low-level employee was apparently quite hostile to him about it, and they said that they weren't interested in hearing about it. Larry writes, this is what he says about this, quote, thought you'd get a kick out of this one. Me and my family, my wife and six-year-old son and two-year-old daughter, uh, are big Chef Boyardee fans, great food in a pinch. We shop uh, irregularly at the Portsmouth, Virginia Walmart. On December 23rd, 2009, we picked up our usual grocery items as well as six cans of beefaroni for the kids to eat for lunches and thought nothing of it. 
My wife called me in a panic today saying that uh, she won't serve the kids lunch, uh, at least not this lunch, because she found mold. A whole culture of mold growing in the Chef Boyardee can. And then there, there's a picture of this. This is disgusting. And I kind of thought Chef Boyardee, you know, listen, beefaroni or raviolis, it looks really gross anyway. It's amazing that we're able to eat that as human beings, that we're able to actually eat something like that that's, you know, that's, um, that's part of that, that whole thing. But I have to tell you that it's, it's kind of disgusting, even like w how it looks normally. Having seen this, truthfully, I may never eat ravioli ever again. I don't think I've eaten Chef Boyardee in many years, but apparently there was a small pinhole that probably uh, formed in this uh, during the manufacturing process. And as a result, uh, some bacteria got in there, formed some mold, blah, blah, blah. So um, they say, by the way, if you find this, you should call Chef Boyardee, their 800 number, 800-544-5680. So the story about this that really is interesting is he tried to uh, take it over to Walmart. He asked for a manager and the manager said, you know what, uh, quite frankly, we don't believe you. Because, you know, I'm sure that this guy had nothing better to do than sit there and make up a story about mold growing in a Chef Boyardee can. I'm sure he was going to sit there, and as he even says, he says, quote, In fact, we're not interested in suing or replacing the $1.09 can. We're just really upset at the treatment. And before you say it's Walmart, suffice to say, uh, we'll probably take our grocery money elsewhere. Well, uh, I would say that's probably a smart idea. How could Walmart screw up a perishable or a non-perishable canned food item? Well, I guess they could. How could they screw up cans? How could they screw up something that's made by Chef Boyardee? Well, Walmart found a way somehow. Yeah, the manager was like, eh, I'm sorry, you can go pound sand, buddy. Take it outside. Hey, you found mold in there? Well, uh, if you think that's bad, wait till you see our produce department, buddy. I've bought beer at Walmart before, and I've never really had a problem. That's about all. I, I've had a few things. Uh, every once in a while, you go and buy donuts there. Uh, you know, I used to buy donuts there, and, and it was okay, except, you know, there was one time where there was a rat that was loose. But other than that, I mean, the donuts were pretty much okay. They might have been a little bit stale, but... You know, for the most part, um, Walmart was, was okay. I, I don't shop at Walmart very often. If I can avoid it, I, I do. And I'm not one of these people. Most of, most of the people in my family are anti-Walmart, okay? Most of the people in my family, they, they, uh, they avoid Walmart like the plague because they, they see it as sort of the evil empire and they have a whole, a whole thing against Walmart. Me, my only thing against Walmart is that I find it to just be kind of substandard in terms of produce, in terms of a grocery shopping experience. The fact that the Walmart by my house has affectionately been referred to as the zoo because only animals really hang out there. It's just a menagerie of ghetto fabulous folks. And there's always a police car that's parked out front just for extra security purposes. People go in there, they do beer runs, they do grocery runs, they go out with uh, food all the time, steal from that place. And it's, uh, it's a lot of slower socioeconomic folks that go there. Well, actually, it's kind of a mix. Because this neighborhood in general that I live in is not necessarily a lower socioeconomic class. However, it doesn't, it's not very far from that element. And Walmart attracts that element anyway. 
So you go to a Walmart and you're going to be in for quite a surprise, uh, quite an unpleasant surprise sometimes. I've seen in that particular Walmart, I've seen cookie packages open. Somebody just decided to help themselves to a few cookies while they were shopping or cereal or whatever. People just open things up. People are animals. I mean, that's what I've come to conclude. I literally, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. One time I saw a guy in the Walmart. He... He took a bag of chips. This is right in front of me. He he took a bag of ruffles. He opened it up. It was literally like this. He took a bag of ruffles. He opened it up and he, he turns around. And he's just like, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Boom. You drop this Walmart off of man? Because, mm, you know, here you go. The beer is, man, because I've been looking for it. And I honestly couldn't believe that a guy just did that. He, he just opened up a bag of chips right there. And he just started eating them right in front of me. Like he owned the place. Maybe he did. Maybe that was the guy that owned the... I, somehow I don't think so. If he's asking me where the beer's at, I, I have a feeling that that wasn't the uh, proprietor of that particular establishment. I don't think that was Sam Walton. Probably because Sam Walton's dead, but at least I think so. I think most of the Waltons are. But whatever. Uh, the bottom line is that uh, I was pretty mortified. I've been pretty mortified by the Walmart experience many times um, for various reasons. I've almost gotten into a fight at a Walmart once. That was great. Yeah, some some stupid lady ran over my foot with a cart and I said, boy, excuse you. And then, it, and uh, the this old guy that was with her, apparently her husband, who's about 60 years old, was like, excuse me, son, you got something to say? And I'm like, yeah, you're... you're girl there ran over my foot with her cart. You got a problem? I go, well, uh, yeah, kind of I do. I got right in the guy's face and then he backed away because uh, I'm 30, he's 60, I'm 6'4", he's 5'2". I mean, literally, that was how it was in this Walmart. This, it's, it's just rude people, it's ghetto people, and there's a few rednecks thrown in there for good measure. And that's what I encountered. That, hey, man, you, go, you know, you don't tell my wife nothing, man. Now, I'm going to go buy me another bag of pork rinds. That's good for you, Jethro. You go right for it. You you get right after it, buddy. Go, go right ahead. So anyway, this guy found um, mold in his Chef Boyardee. Mm. Moldy Odi. Ravioli Moldioli. A new flavor from Chef Boyardee, perhaps. Sounds appetizing. Sounds completely appealing to me. I'm down with it. Well, whatever. All right. That's uh, Walmart. So just a a red flag, perhaps, uh, if you're planning on shopping at Walmart, which I can't imagine too many people are. But if you are, um, even the canned foods can be uh, a little bit deceiving there. Okay. uh, This story just begs the question, is there such a thing as too much education? Can somebody really have too much education? And I ask this because, well, I want to introduce you to R.K. Ray. Okay, uh, Mr. Ray, or Rye, is a scholar extraordinaire. Now, over the past uh, 42 years, Ray has 22 master's degrees, five PhDs, and three doctorates in literature. Now, at the age of 65, he wants even more. 
He's a retired professor working at Uttar Pradesh's Gazupur district, some 280 kilometers from Lucknow. Quote, I firmly believe that learning is a lifelong process. Just following this principle, I acquired all my degrees and want to continue learning as long as I can. He told IANS, um, I guess a news service, uh, by phone in Gazapur. All right. I believe I haven't done anything extraordinary. Anyone having the urge to learn can do it. It seems Ray's urge for learning new subjects is unending as the retired professor from Magda University in Gaia has now enrolled for another master's program. This will give him his 23rd master's degree. I mean, at what point maybe do you sit back and you say, all right, I think I've learned enough. Maybe it's time I, I go out into the world and I, uh, I apply some of this knowledge Maybe I try and make a little bit of money with it or maybe I do something. I don't know. Maybe I try to go on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire or some game show with all of this uh, knowledge that I have. I don't know how well that would work out, but maybe it would. I, I figure a guy with 22 master's degrees, five PhDs, three doctorates in literature probably stands a pretty good chance of doing well on a game show. Probably. That's just my guess. He says that at present he is pursuing a master's in astrology from, a, from one of the most renowned universities uh, in the world. And I couldn't even begin to pronounce pronounce this. This would be a master's for me. Sampurnanand Suskant Vishwavidalia something. I don't know. He completed his graduation in 1967 from Alabad University. He's acquired most of his additional degrees by appearing uh, as a private candidate in several universities, including Panjab University, Veer Konwar, Ara Bahar, and a bunch of other, uh, apparently all over the Middle East, I guess. Some of the subjects in which he has master's degrees include ancient history, Modern history, sociology, political science, economics, education, Hindi, geography, and psychology. Ray's PhDs are in education, ancient history, philosophy, Hindi, and commerce. While he has uh, doctorates in literature in three languages, Hindi, Sanskrit, and, uh, and Prakrit, or Prakrit. In a majority of his subjects, Ray has scored a, um, a first or a good second division, 55 to 59 percent for the for the credit anyway, for, uh, for his colleagues, whatever. So he, he's done very well. The bottom line for all this is that he's done just an incredible thing. He has, he's going for 23 master's degrees. All, quote, all my family members, particularly my wife and daughter, ensured I got time to study. For that, they even used to do the work that I was supposed to do. So he, he has a wife and daughter, evidently. How does that work? Honey, do you think you can come to bed? No, I am writing another doctoral thesis. Yeah, but you already wrote seven of them. Yes, I know, but I've got to finish this one. This is very important. This is my eighth doctoral thesis. Yes. 
I, tr- I, I only have to write 500 pages by tomorrow. I am on page 300. I will be to bed soon. How could they ever even have time to have sex for a day? All right, well, uh, what you're going to do is, well, we're, well I, am, I have two minutes of free time for this entire year, which I will dedicate to fornicating. How does this guy have a wife and daughter? Where do you get time for that? One master's degree is enough to exhaust anybody. I didn't even bother with a master's degree. Forget it. I'm not even going to bother because, let's see, I went to college and guess where I'm at at the age of 32? I'm right here. That college education is really paying some dividends for me. Maybe if you got 23 master's degrees, you would probably do a little bit better, I would assume. He must have had some of the money, uh, quite a bit of money to be able to afford uh, the university necessary to get 23 master's degrees or go for, well, 22. He's going for 23. I wonder what those student loan payments are like. Holy crap. Listen, they said I could continue my education and really I don't have to worry about starting to pay back the loans until I am finished with my education. So uh, yeah, he doesn't have to worry about paying back the loans until he's done with his education. So that means he's going to be getting an education until, well, until he dies. That way I never have to pay the loans. That works. All right. I guess that'll wrap it up. Mike at KMGX.com is our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com, AOL Instant Messenger. You can find us there. Michael Groff Show is the screen name now on... IRC, our IRC channel, EFNet IRC, the channel net radio. All of our contact information can be found at michaelgraff.com. You want to send us a donation via PayPal, you can do so. Mike at kmgx.com, the PayPal address. And that's just sort of hint, hint, wink, wink, nod, nod, nudge, nudge. You know, just, just so you kind of get the impact of, of what I'm talking about here, because... It's kind of important. I'm just saying. All right. We're back to uh, do another one of these fine podcasts tomorrow. Keep this thing going. Let's let's spread it all over the interwebs. You can go to michaelgraff.com, subscribe to the podcast. You'll get it every single day or whenever I do updates on it. I, I'm... There are holidays. I don't know if I'm doing one New Year's Day. I don't know what the schedule is exactly. It's sort of, uh, we're sort of still feeling it out. We're still getting back on our feet as far as this thing goes. How long can I possibly continue it? That's probably a couple of people have some side bets. Will I make it through 10 shows? Maybe 20. Have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for checking us out. It's Michael Groff in exile. Good night, everybody.